0: Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. I am extremely excited to be here. Uh, I have uh, been a card-carrying member of This is My Favorite Time of the Week, and I'm going to stay a member of that group. I love doing these podcasts. I love having these conversations. I love seeing where He Changed It uh, has come from, when it was a a concept and an idea uh, that my wife had. And watched what it's evolved into now, what it's evolving into. So excited to be doing the fun stuff, hosting a podcast all in the area of what are we calling it now? Men's performance, a men's performance app, a men's total performance app. And, uh, we talk about mental wellness. We talk about physical stuff. We talk about all sorts of things that men are going through in, uh, the, in the 2020s. Um, and it's a, it's an interesting culture that we live. So if you haven't downloaded, he changed it yet. We invite you to download it on your Google device, on your Apple device, download, he changed it, see what it's all about, uh, as the, uh, the road of this super highway is being built. And then also for the podcast for HeCast, if you like what you see or hear, please subscribe, please share. And let's promote the heck out of this thing and really, really do something fun With this concept, that is, he changed it. I am very excited. You know, it's funny. Whenever I do one of these things, I talk about how, you know, I'm always really excited when I do this, but I'm really excited for today's guest. And it's funny that um, you listen to me say that, and it's the truth every single time I say it. And today is no different. I'm really excited for today's guest. Uh, today's guest is a is a is a friend of mine, um, a recent friend of mine uh, who who is just, um, you know, I don't use the term brother from another mother very often, um, but this is one of those guys. Uh, we bonded very early. We bonded over hockey. Then we bonded over the TV show Yellowstone. If you're a Yellowstone fan, jump into the he changed it into the he cast uh, room, and we can talk about Yellowstone all you like. He he. Uh, um, I met Carl because of a former guest that we had on here, one of my best friends, Alex Draper, who works with the Kelowna Chiefs, and he said, hey, we've got this really interesting um, assistant coach and um, didn't even realize how right he was. Because when I met Carl and I started exploring and we started to to know each other and I learned his story. And I mean, we're talking a very cool, very unique story uh, about a guy from Denver who ended up coaching junior hockey in Canada and much, much, much more. It's an onion with many layers. And he is really, really generous in the sense of giving us his time, giving us his vulnerability, where we can talk a little bit about his story, what's brought him here. Um, you know, we've got uh, uh, the podcast with Ryan Strznitsky from the Humboldt Broncos coming out. Guess what? It was Carl, and maybe it'll even be out by the time this broadcast goes out. Uh, Carl was the one that set up that intro, um, you know, uh, with, with Garrett Kucher from the, the Pro Golfer Um Carl is the guy who set that intro up and 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 set up that relationship one thing about Carl is that he has fallen in love with what he changed is doing and I'm really excited that he is letting me exploit our friendship a little bit uh and opening up his personal personal vault uh to 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 help other guys Carl Poole thank you for taking time to be part of this finally right
1: <laughs> yep it's been been a long time coming that uh that's a great intro to me there I appreciate that and um, thank you for having me. It's awesome <sighs> to finally be here with you.
0: It's from the heart. Um, you know, we're going to get to your story here in a second, born in Denver and you ended up here in Canada and, and, and are, are going to become one of them, one of them dualies, or at least you're going to have a permanent residence up here and you're in the, you're in the process of getting that going. Yeah. Before we get to that, we bonded over, he changed it. Like when we met and you found out about what he changed it is doing, um, you were immediately compelled to that. You're a coach. I mean, you coach athletics and things, but you, we all know that when you're coaching a big part of that is mindset, is that what attracted you to, he changed it, or is it more something in your personal story? What is it that you love about what he changed it is doing?
1: Well, you know, the, the, uh, the fact that it's, it's one of the first, um, one of the first of its kind, uh, really attracted me at first. And I've, you know, I've been around the game for 10 years in a couple of different capacities. And I've seen a lot of the mental challenges that go on in with athletes, with with athletes and and players minds. And you always want to be able to help as much as you can with that. Yeah. And that, that falls into what a lot of my uh, philosophy has come to be um, is what happens outside of the rink, you know, what's going on off the ice, you know, upstairs and making sure that, um, you know, the kids that in the past might've, or the players in the past who might've been, you know, uh, kind of left behind, so to speak, um, they're able to have those opportunities to talk to somebody now. And I think an app like he changed it or a program like he changed it, uh, is going to be crucial to changing the entire landscape when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, you're talking about it on a a micro level with hockey, but really isn't life like that? Like, aren't we all just playing? Isn't
1: life a big game? (laughs) A hundred percent. It applies to every sport. It applies to life in general. Um, uh, I think, you know, in my experience, having worked in junior hockey, the, th- those are very, uh, formative years yeah. for, you know, for any young man. Yeah. Um, I mean, really they show up as 15 or 16 year olds. So it's, they really show up as boys and by the time they're done, they're 20. Yep. So they're men. Yep. So there's a lot that happens during those four to five years. Um, and there's a lot that can go wrong and there's a lot that can go right if they're seeking help if they need it, or if, in, uh, you know, in certain cases they have the right people in their lives yep. that are willing to go out of their way and, you know, be there when they need, uh, those, those coaching figures and, um, you know, they need the advice that, that, uh, maybe wasn't available before. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, you're a great listener.
1: Have you uh, have
0: you always been that way? Um, Obviously, well, you got to take that into so coaching. You
1: got to be a good listener. That's right? that's actually uh, that's funny you bring that up. So I'm the youngest of uh, three brothers. Yeah. So uh, naturally, uh, I was I was kind of the quiet one uh, growing up.
0: A lot of uh, noise but, around,
1: yeah. But it wasn't. It was. <laughs> I don't think it was so much because I couldn't really get my voice out there. It was because I was I was listening. Uh, so I was listening to what was going on and, and learning. So it's easy for me to sit down with somebody and, you know, listen, listen to what their, what's going on in their life and not necessarily bring it, bring it back, you know, to what's going on with me, but keep it about them and try to listen to, to them and not make it about me and explain, you know, my life story or anything like that to try and relate to them, try and empathize with them first and then see how you can be helpful.
0: Are you able to do that in romantic relationships? Does it translate? Because like you have just explained a skill that I think most husbands or boyfriends out there uh, would be really, really good for relationships if we could just not make it about me, yeah. just listen to what they're saying. I process. mean,
1: so, uh, sometimes it, it translates over sometimes, not, not always, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's perfect in that regard, but no heavens,
0: uh, the struggle is real. Yeah,
1: yeah no, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I I find it uh, easy to talk to talk to and, and then especially listen and really process uh, what's going on with somebody else, like really try to listen and comprehend what yeah. they're going through. Um,
0: well, you certainly um, that is certainly something that you did when you first met Candy and I and we talked about what it is we're building here and all that. And so that is a skill that serves in all sorts of ways. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing because uh, everybody's got a unique story, of course, 100%, and, yeah. and, and, um I just am fascinated by yours. I mentioned uh, in the intro, you know, the onion that is Carl Poole <laughs> um, and, and, and you are an onion in so many ways. Um, I want to talk about your dad. You lost your dad at an early age. Yeah. A little bit. And I yep. want to talk about what that did for you. Um, and 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 we can go. Maybe we start there. Like, how old were you when you lost your dad? And how so, old was he at the time?
1: So I was four. Yeah. Um, so definitely a tough age to really comprehend what death means. And you lost um, him to
0: natural causes, right? Yeah. It
1: was a series of strokes that yeah. they were not uh, able to identify. And this is back in the early 90s. So yep. the the whole procedure that um, that they apply to somebody having a stroke now is night and day to what it was then. Wow. So it was, it was an unfortunate situation because they didn't identify them. Whereas in this day and age, uh, they would have been able to probably save his life. Okay. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but he was, I believe in his early thirties. I'm not sure if he was 33 or 34 could be, I could be off by a few years. Sure. But like I said, I was so young at the time and it's been such a long time. I'm, now 30 myself. So it's been roughly 30 years since, since that happened to me. Is there
0: cognizance there? Like, do you, have you ever thought, Oh, I'm getting close
1: to the age where? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You you think about it. It's in, it's always in the back of my mind. Um, but not, not really in a negative way. Um, you know, he, you know, as as great as a great of a man as he was, Mm. he didn't, he didn't probably take as good a care of himself as he could have. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's anybody's fault or anything no, like no, that, no, no. but it's something that I think about. So I try to stay as active as I can. Yeah. Try to, try fit. to, you know, <laughs> try to eat well when I can and, yep. you know, try to take good supplementation, that sort of stuff. And um, I don't think that's anything that he ever really did. Yeah. Um, And maybe, maybe there was just lack of information back then, but, um just about the importance of that sort of thing uh but yeah it's definitely it's definitely in the back of my mind and i know i know my brothers probably think about it as well mm-hmm. Uh, because they're four and six years older than me yeah so i'm sure they've had you know they've thought about it and i know they try to stay as healthy as possible because they have young children and you know they want to be there for their kids so. yeah um but yeah it, it uh there, there's a spot in the back of my mind that, that's kind of always aware of that do you um are you able
0: to identify what changed four-year-old Carl when that happened? Like, did you, did you have a different concept when it came to death than the people around you, for example? I think that's an obvious one, but um, you know, did it did how it affected you back then? And, I mean, we talk about childhood trauma, and childhood trauma is childhood trauma. We deal with it, we all deal with whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yours obviously was. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, more traumatic than
1: maybe the averages. Sure. So, I mean, as, as a four-year-old and I think every kid is different, but from what I remember, I didn't think it was real. Like it didn't really, it didn't really, um, I wasn't able to process it. I gotcha. Just because when you're four, you just, you don't think about that kind of stuff, right? Um, your brain's still, uh, still developing yeah. and those types of concepts don't really make sense Yes. Uh, when you're a four-year-old. And, you know, we can jump down the rabbit hole here a bit. Uh, what, what actually happened, um, and this is from a child psychiatrist that I ended up seeing later, yep. a couple of years later. What they discovered is that when that happened to me, it was, it was so, so much of a um, stunt. A block. Like so much of a block. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, that it kind of stopped my, my mental development. So, wow. Um, I ended up seeing a, a child a psychiatrist for can't remember for how long. It might have been for two or three months. Yep. Um, and the the approach that this guy took was to to have me, uh, you know, go over to go over to his uh, house for like an hour or whatever. And he had like this great big sandbox, which I thought was great at the age of six had all these different toys and whatnot. And he'd have me make a, like he'd have me build all these different like sandscapes and like play in the sandbox. But I'm not sure, you know, what he would be talking to me about during that time. Can't remember that part. So you guys would converse while we you would, were we would talk. playing in the sandbox. We yeah. would talk, but what what he described to my mom later, once, like once I was done, is that I was able to say goodbye to my dad through play, like through playing. So wow. it, it got, it got pretty deep, uh, on that level. I didn't really realize what was going on. I just thought, Hey, like, uh, I'm going to hang out with this guy. And yeah, you know, he's, as far as I know, he's a babysitter. He's got a cool sandbox with cool toys and I get to build sandcastles and all, all this stuff. But he would take a picture of ev- like everything I created. Um, and I think through that process, uh, and I don't have all the details on it, but no, I, I think but- through that process, what I was told is that I was able to say, uh, say goodbye to my dad and let him go at a young age and then wow. start, you know, get back on track as uh, mental development and mental all development that stuff. As, you're you're as, back on track. Yeah, literally as a six year old. Yeah.
0: You so. were off the road for a little while and yeah. that puts you back on the road. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how, um, and it's funny how sometimes in life yeah. we have these blocks yep. and, and sometimes they disappear without us even realizing it because maybe we have just negotiated through whatever process we needed to negotiate through. Yeah. Or we are cognizant of it. Right. And it's really neat how back then you weren't, but now you're able to kind of look back on it and go, yeah, that was a block. But now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it
1: makes sense. But I, I never knew that uh, yeah. and, until my mom told me that. So and she didn't tell me that long ago, like within the last 10 years or so. Yeah. So uh, that that was an interesting uh, tidbit of information that I, I didn't really have. But then when I thought about it more, it made a lot of sense. Wow. So. Are you and your mom still really close? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we, it's, you know, it's been, I don't know six seven months since I saw her last so that's been hard
0: yeah so you're a stranger yeah. in a strange land not yeah. not so much you're you're uh you're you've got multiple homes now essentially is the yep. way we're looking at it because yep. born and raised Denver yep love the Denver area you're you're a fan of uh you know a big Avs fan Colorado Avalanche fan and, yep. Yep. And, and whatnot love the hockey um and then you've also obviously fallen in love with Canada you love Calgary you love Kelowna and and, and hockey has kind of brought you yep. you here and and you're at the point where you're um getting your permanent residence up here as well so you can be established in both countries yep. and uh, do your thing. Yep. Now, I, I I love the story that's brought you up here because um, at the end of the day, without going into any specifics or anything like that, um, you come from a family of entrepreneurs and those entrepreneurs have had um, multiple doors are, were open for you. If you wanted to go into one of the many number of family businesses that have were, were around you, mm-hmm. um, literally to the point where if you wanted a career for the rest of your life, we can plug you right in here like a Lego block and yeah. we'll put you here and we'll see what where your block uh, goes more than anything. And we can move you around or put you, find a place for you. For sure. And, and you have that option to you basically your whole life, if I have it right. Uh, yeah, within, within reason, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're one of those guys who, while you had that opportunity… Said, well, no, I want to go find myself a little bit. I want to find my purpose. We talked a little bit about purpose. Well, we've talked a lot about purpose. Yeah. Um, With he changed it. That's one of the main things. You know, you get guys in their 40s who they did paint by numbers. Mm -hmm. They did, you know, whether it's going to the family business without being aware of themselves, whether it was going to school because they were told to getting a job because they were told to getting the wife, the kids, all that. And then in their 40s they are realizing, oh, I don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. You have been fortunate enough to kind of understand. Well, wait, I want to go and find my purpose, and early on in life, that that happened for
1: you, right? So, I mean, I was told, I was told all through uh, high school that you got to go to college. Okay. You got to go to college to be successful. Yep, you gotta, you know, you gotta know algebra to be successful. Like. Yeah, sure, that would be helpful. Uh <laughs> where? But, where is that helpful? Yeah. I still don't know the fucking algebra. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like helpful. But that, that's what that's what was kind imp- of imp- imprinted into my mind <laughs> yeah. from a very young age, actually. Right. Like, even in, you know, in grade school. Yep. Um, you know, you got you gotta go to college. Be well educated. Sh- you gotta be well educated to be yeah. successful. Well, I went to a year of university. Yeah. And I remember sitting in one of my lectures one day, and I was like, you know what? I can probably get a job right now if I want to, and I can probably take that and see where it goes. Yeah, so that's what I did. i I dropped out um, and got a job at the local ice rink as a Zamboni driver. Which is a glorified janitorial position.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but it is glorified. It's let's cool. let's not put any it's cool driving okay, the Zamboni. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It is glorified. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> that as thing's it's, rad. It's not as fun, not as fun cleaning up after men's league at one in the morning. No, but, no, but no, that no. that it comes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but then you know that that snowballed that led to me becoming a trainer for the local junior team, which I did for three years. Yeah which then led to a position at a semi-professional level doing the same thing. Yep. Uh, I found out very quickly that 16 hour days were not for me. Yep. Uh, and the whole not having a life outside of the rink really wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, so I went back to junior hockey for a couple of years. Um, and then after those two years, um, a good friend of mine, Ken law.
0: Well, this is I'm going to get to Ken. Uh, so this yeah. is not just good friend. Talk about Ken law. Yeah. I mean, mentor, Oh, yeah. Father figure.
1: Father figure for so sure. Let's, let's talk for about sure. Ken.
0: How does Ken come into your life and how does that shape where so, Carl, young Carl is, is is finding himself?
1: Yeah. So when I was working in um, the Western Hockey League at the time, or Western States Hockey League, not yeah, I wish it was Western Hockey League, but <laughs> Western States Hockey League, uh, I was working for a team that played against uh, a team that his son coached. Okay. So then after one of the seasons, his son asked me if I wanted to help him run a camp based out of Denver. And I was like, great i live in denver i can make this happen i yep. have good connections here yep may as well yep um so he had ken down to help coach and run the thing uh and after i think the third year of doing that maybe third or fourth year yep. ken was kind of like hey uh when are you coming to work with us in uh, work at, or help us out to soils and i was like well i'm committed to this team for the next year uh, in Wyoming." uh but you know the year after that I'd love for a change I'd love I'll you know I'd love to move up he's like okay and by the way uh you'd be coaching like we're going to we're going to transition you uh onto the bench as a coach I was like great you know would be great for a change um did that for 3 years with him there yeah uh and then um his contract was up and very quickly got picked up by the Kelowna Chiefs and yeah. Uh, the rest, the rest is got kind of a history over the past two, three years now. The, the rest is the history that we are currently writing. Exactly. I, uh,
0: I want to, I want to ask about this relationship with Ken, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you talk about this kid who quits university, who finds his way into hockey, that mm-hmm. there's passion there, yep. you know, trying to figure out, um, you know, trying to crack that, crack that nut, crack that egg as to purpose, all yep. of that. Um, how crucial was it that Ken came into your life when he did? And what does he mean to you?
1: Um, it, it was a big deal for sure, uh, but it was a very natural uh, friendship uh, right out of the gate. Um, so um, like we talked about earlier, uh, he means he means a great deal to me. He's like, like you said, he's a father figure for sure. Yeah. I've learned a lot from him uh, just in life. Yep. Um, so, you know, where I might be a mentor to certain players that have been through programs I've worked with, he's been the same thing to me. Does every man need that in their life? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you lose your father um, or your, you know, circumstances uh, come up that uh, make you unfortunate enough not to have a father figure, I think it's important to find somebody if you can and have that in your life. And I've had multiple in my life. Multiple mentors. Multiple mentors. So um, in in that sense, I feel like I've, I've been able to uh, grow up and um lead a semi-normal life without having my actual biological father in my life yeah so um i would say at this point i've had three um father figures in my life Uh, and that's they're all great and they all have different perspective perspectives on life and um i've they've taught me and i've learned a lot from all of them so
0: that's amazing yeah what do you um what do you enjoy most about coaching like what are the what do, do you, are you are you the technical guy who says okay I want to show somebody how to how to do an amazing drop pass and a play here where or a breakout of a of 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 the zone yeah uh you know when we got the power play or like is it technical like that or is it more the the life philosophy stuff or is it more the 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 doing drills with these with these it's more guys. the life philosophy stuff
1: that's that's what it's, you, it's more that's what about what's your boat it's more about composure with me so oh okay learning things like learning how to lose. Yep. And how to do it right. Learning how to win and doing it right. What does that mean? Okay. What's learning how to lose versus learning how to win? So keeping your composure when you win, in my opinion, means you're not not, uh, rubbing it in the face of whoever, you know, whoever you're playing against. Yep. Show up to the rink, show up to the ice, win, take care of your business out on the ice. Mm -hmm. But once it's over, it's over. And You can be proud of your accomplishment. Like I don't want to take, I would never want to take a a win away from anybody or the pride that comes with that. Of course. But there's. And you're
0: part of some very, very, very successful winning teams. Oh yeah. Ken is a phenomenal coach and his
1: organizations. He has a great record. come with
0: it, has a phenomenal record.
1: But there's a right way to do it. Yeah. So there have been times when I've been upset with ways that we've won and it's not, it's not because I'm upset over the fact that we won. No. It's how we go about doing it so
0: isn't that cool yeah and in life that's that's the whole thing it's not just that you win but how you win yeah and that can be used all over the place right and also the reciprocal is true of course i mean we we focus more on losing i think many times because you, you remember those losses, whatever it is in yeah. life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a, a job, whether it's a, uh, a squandered opportunity. Yeah. Um, we remember the losses more than yeah. we do the wins sometimes. And yeah. learning
1: how to lose is really important too, right? 100%. And, you know, I think Ken can agree with me on learning how to lose. So there are right and wrong ways to do that. Yeah. And um, there have been games where we've gotten on the bus. And he's not necessarily upset with the fact that we lost. And you're talking about a guy that hates to lose more than he likes to win. And I, I fall kind of in that same category as well. Uh,
0: you hate to lose more than you like to win. Yeah. That is a,
1: yep, um, That's an
0: awareness that I think many men, if they consider yeah. it in their lives, should at least chew on that for a minute or two.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And I've, I've learned, I learned that from like that saying anyway, from Ken, but it's always, it's always been there. Yep. Like, and I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Uh, yes. Uh, and winning's great, but I would, I would prefer not to lose. And if, and if you do do it the right way, right? Keep your composure. Don't throw a fit.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, not, like nobody likes a sore loser Yeah. and nobody likes a cocky winner. Yep. So if you can find that happy balance, um, where you can hold your composure after loss and hold your composure after a win, and then you know do whatever you got to do uh, behind closed doors. Yeah. Um. With with the team or whatever, you know, have have a cheer or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. That's great. And if you know if you win the whole thing, okay, go celebrate out on the ice. Yeah. Uh. But until you get there, just keep your composure. Keep yeah. it, Keep it cool. Uh. I know, on ice officials appreciate that more than you know more than if you can't. Yes. Uh. One way or the other. Uh, which can go a long way for any team in any game. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just get screwed, but yeah that, that absolutely. happens that happens anywhere that yeah. happens anywhere in yeah. life so yeah. well exactly yeah. i mean
0: I you took the words right out of my mouth yeah you talk about hockey being the illustration for life and coaching athletics being yeah. the illustration for life and why i think there is this hunger like the the idea of there being life coaches and it being a massive massive exploding industry right now Yeah. is i think because we have this desire inside to be better yeah and to be better um in the best way possible yeah you know and the composure of that you're talking about can be related to to everything. Uh one of my mentors once said to me, um hey Mike, listen, it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Right. You know. Good way to put it too. Y- you think you think whatever it is, maybe you got a a phenomenal paycheck yeah. or a raise or something like that or financially you've had a huge uh, you know uh, uptick. Yeah. Um maybe you're about to lose your house. Yeah. Uh, you know, but those things in reality it's never as good as you think it's going to be, and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And perspective is always necessary, especially when those highs and lows uh, that life brings assaults you. yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that's a that's a really cool way. And I mean, you talk about hockey. Hockey's an emotional sport. It's Very. the only pro sport where fucking fighting is allowed other yeah. than professional fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, You know? Yeah. Like, and those fights happen. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't take fighting out of the game. You listen to proponents of it. Hell yeah. Because it's yeah. like, don't take fighting out of the game. These guys run at such a high level that yep. you got to get rid of that emotion sometimes. And we've got a controlled way to do it. Right. So here you go. Like, what you're talking about is a
1: life skill yeah.
0: that everybody needs to have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you talk about <laughs> fighting. It's another thing. Keep it out on the ice. Oh, leave, leave there it out you there. go. And that's you know, if you leave that on the out on the ice and you still lose, guess what? A guy like Ken Law or me, we're not gonna be we're not gonna be upset about that loss or right. or your individual the, performance. Whatever the yeah yeah. Um, but you know, when when we talk about how it applies to life, how far do you think the people that are losing their mind at the manager or, or, you know, the flight attendant, how far do you think they actually get in life? Do you think they ever really get what they want? Do you think they feel good about it the next day? Probably not. No, it bleeds. Like you, you might feel good about it in the moment, yep. like just blowing off that steam. Yep. But I've had, every I think everybody's had instances where they've lost their cool with management or something like that. Yep. And it's good to get that off your chest, but then the next day you kind of wake up and you're kind of like, wow, I kind of feel like shit. Shouldn't have, Shouldn't have probably done that. I probably could have gone about that a different way. Yes. And I find you gain a lot more by keeping your cool, keeping your composure, especially, especially if you're dealing with somebody in management or, you know, somebody, somebody that potentially can help you. Any
0: conflict, really.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day,
0: any conflict, if you can get out of that conflict without uh, there being irreparable damage. Yeah or scarring or like because if you have an instance like that but you still have to deal with some of these people oh yeah in any way if it goes back to that instance yeah and there's baggage that's there
1: yeah we've done nobody any good including yeah. yourself exactly and i mean don't get me wrong there are people in the industry in all industries out there that are in high level positions that are never going to help you yes they just don't want to they're going to be dicks yep and that's a reality we have to deal with yep and uh, it gives us
0: the temptation to be a dick.
1: It does. We it see does. that
0: behavior yeah. and there's a part of us that go, oh yeah, maybe I want like to, him. maybe yeah. I should give it back to him. Maybe I should give it back to him or maybe that's what it takes to be successful in life. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think you and I are both in the same boat where it's like, yeah, just don't be a dick. Yeah. Like, and so many guys need to have that self-realization and that reflection yeah. and go, man, am I being a dick here? Whether it's in that situation or it's in life in general.
1: Yeah. There's a, know? there's a way to stand your ground. Yes. Without being an asshole. Yeah. You can like, you can do it. Yes. And you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be uh, really um, malicious about it or anything like that. No. Uh, But you can. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if you deal with a a mean manager or something like that and you keep your cool and they don't get to you, guess who's going to stay pissed for the rest of the day and probably the next day. hundred percent. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the manager.
0: (laughs) Well, losers focus on winners. Yeah and winners focus on winning. Yeah. I mean we've heard heard that from all sorts of places from I've heard it from business coaches I've heard it from uh well Conor McGregor said it in the UFC I mean yeah. like I mean you know and it's true. Yeah. Uh you know losers do focus on winners and if we can keep our eye on the ball or on the puck or on the or on the deal or on whatever it is on the relationship yeah. and we can say okay I just want to win this. Yeah. I want to I want to come out ahead on this. And it's awareness. It all comes down to awareness. Many times people are going through the motions, and they yeah. just aren't aware. You're one of the most aware guys I've ever met.
1: I try to be. <laughs> well,
0: you do a good job of it. When I, you know, whenever I talk to folks, um, you know, sometimes I can see if they're there just going through the motions. It it appears to me, um, whenever I say something or ask a question or make a statement or whatever, you wait a beat or two more than most humans that I've ever run into, right. than many humans that I've ever run into, because you're you're really pondering what was said to you and you're really aware and in the moment was that a coaching thing did that did ken teach you that or was that a tool that you brought to the table when you met him
1: um it's probably a bit of both okay uh the brother thing I think, like I when think you're growing up you yeah i think it's that. i think it's always developing yeah and i'm i feel like i can always improve on it um so i you know i hope i hope i don't ever stop improving on that uh i hope i continue to yeah um But yeah, you know, I I would say it's probably a bit of both. Like I said, I've learned a wealth or I've obtained a wealth of knowledge. Yes. Uh, from Ken and, uh, some of that uh, does come, come down to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about ambition and whatnot. Um, I told you, time is slippery. It goes by pretty quick. It we're does, already, it gets slippery here. Oh man, I'm having so much fun, and I, yeah. I just uh, I can't wait till you get back, and we can talk about you're you're going back home, back to the states for a little while. And yeah. You got a couple places to go before you come back, before the hockey season starts, and, right. and Yellowstone starts. I'm excited oh, yeah. to be part of watching the new series the oh, season yeah. 100%.
1: with you, hundred um, percent.
0: I want to talk a little bit about some of the ambition that you have, though, and 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 how you haven't stopped. And yes, you've come up here into Canada for for some hockey stuff. That, mm-hmm. That's great, but you're also building roots down here. Yep. Um. Now, have you always been an ambitious guy? I want to talk about your business uh, venture that you're doing here because I think it's really cool sure. what you're doing. I want to yeah. I want to pump it. I want to pump the name because I think yep. the name is brilliant and 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 some of the different uh, different aspects of what you're doing here to, to to put some
1: roots down. But okay, have you always been ambitious? Um, so comes and goes and the, it takes certain things to spur the ambition. So, you know, the, we've been dealing with this pandemic for what year and a half now, yeah. maybe more Yeah, with the um, this
0: broadcast a year and a half. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, uh, when I went back, um, uh, the last time I went back to Colorado, um, after the pandemic had started and Canada had closed its border, I wasn't able to get back up. Uh, so it, it really. of lit a fire under my ass to figure out a way uh to get back up and stay here and not ever have to worry about going back and forth again yes um so i I had to brainstorm for a while and I, i have a good legal team here in Kelowna uh that i was that i was uh in touch with and um they're like, well, we can we can try to get it through the hockey team. Um, you know, do you have a longtime girlfriend that you're ready to marry from oh, up here? anything, anything oh, like
0: here that. <laughs> uh, that? that
1: was on the table.
0: <laughs> it was, but wasn't really on it the, the, table, on the now table. It was on the table. It was on the
1: table. But then I was, I was talking, I was talking to my really good friend, uh Brandon Watson. And um, he and I were just kind of shooting the breeze when I A friend that
0: like, you met up here yeah, in lived, your course of living in the South Okanagan at
1: that Yeah, moment. my first year in Soyuz, so I lived with him and yeah. got to know him over the years, and we'd become really, really good friends. I would call him a brother at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we were brainstorming and, uh, he was like well you know my dad and i were starting up this meat shop down in the in the uh south Smilk me- smilking because they're grocery store
0: guys that knew yeah. meat real well
1: oh yeah yeah uh, between the two of them they have like 40 plus years of experience as meat managers but in uh, the grocery business like in, working for somebody yeah, else. like working working for bilo gotcha um gotcha or something along those lines um so he's like well why don't you know why don't you come on board with that and we can look at that as your avenue and i was like oh, okay let me run it by my lawyer my lawyer comes back to me. He's like, that's a great idea. This is what we're doing. Uh, here's the list of everything that we need. And let's get this done as fast so, as we can. So, what is it? What do you, what do what have you guys built? Because at this point here, you've built it. You're and right. it's about so,
0: to, it's about to kind of kick in and probably within the next you month. Know, cut um, the ribbon and here yeah, we go. Yeah.
1: What have you guys built? Uh so the the structure uh was already there um uh for uh Brandon Watson's sister's husband's business yeah which runs out of the back of the uh out of the property that um that we're based out of now but it's it's a it's a butcher shop yep Uh, it's called randall's craft butcher craft butcher that's the part that i love
0: so much we got a lot of craft breweries up here yeah a craft butcher oh that is
1: such a cool thing yeah Yeah. and it's uh it's based in the township of coston Okay. So very agricultural, yep. lots of livestock, but, lots of growing stuff. So, But underserved. Yes. So my understanding, this is this is probably a little bit far from the truth, but before we were um, investing time and, and money into this to get it up and running, it was kind of a, if you're a rancher, it was kind of a take a number and kind of get in line basis to get your livestock processed. Okay. So-
0: and from large stuff all the way to hey, we're a family of four that want to get a half a cow, yeah. a grass-fed cow, uh, organic meat, all that kind of stuff. Like, yep. yep, take a number. It's going
1: to be a while. Well, I mean, they could they could get that um, yeah. from whatever the local grocery store is there, right? Um, but if they had their own livestock, that they wanted to have processed. Yeah, it was a very difficult procedure, and it was it took a long time. I feel you which know. for certain for certain livestock, time is. Time is crucial. Like time can be a big factor. Yeah. If you have a cow that, say, gets injured and it's it's time to harvest and it's a get-in-line, take-a-ticket sort of uh um, system, yep. you might lose out on that product and okay. cows, are, cows are expensive. So there's a big opportunity here. There's yes. a business opportunity here. There was Never there, mind, there, there you know, getting and, father
0: and yeah. son working out of the grocery store, working together, building yep.
1: their own deal. Yep. There's a, there's a big business opportunity. Here. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll be too busy. Uh, <laughs> from what I hear anyway, I mean, I'm not cutting any of the meat No, uh, for good reason, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Brandon and his dad, they are gonna, they are gonna have their hands full, um, in a good way when we open okay and is
0: there a website first and foremost especially anybody in western canada who, who who's really into high quality meat and things like this we're talking it's a craft butcher yeah what's the uh what's the website how do we so
1: it's it's not up and running yet okay uh but we are very close to that being up and running as well okay We'll, we'll um, pump
0: that out as soon as we have that sure. figured yeah. out, we'll make sure we, and you're going to, it's not like you're not going to come back. You're a friend. Oh, if he changed it. Yeah. You know, I'll be, I'll be back. You're our, you're a boy. And, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, you're a, fa- remember the family and Appreciate that. we'll talk more about that later on as things unfold and right. there's, there's, there's evolution happening here, folks. Um, We'll talk about that, but
1: uh, what's the name of the business again? And uh, it's, so it's Randall's craft butcher Randall's craft butcher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, just to. To get back to the whole process of why yeah. I did that, yeah. Um, basically, what that'll allow me to do, not well, I'm on a work visa now. Yeah. Um, after a certain amount of time on that work visa, I'm eligible for permanent residency. There we go. And then once I get that, um, then I can I can work anywhere. I don't yep. just have to work for the business. I can I can work. You know, full time for a team or something like that as well. As long as I have the time to do that, and they don't. All
0: restraints are off at that point.
1: Yeah, as far as the government's concerned. Yeah. Um, But then after five years of maintaining that, I'll be eligible for dual, and that's that's a that's something that I still kind of have to wrap my head around. Yep. Um, And I think that's a bit more of a process than than everything we've done so far, and getting my permanent residency combined. So that's kind of that's kind of long-term goal at this point
0: I feel you um I wanna I want to go back to the genesis of what started the Randall's craft butcher I I at the end of the day um another ism <laughs> that I've gotten from from my mentors is 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 average folks focus on the problem right whereas champions or winners focus on the solution right you know I I look to this you see a business opportunity and I mean you know business and you've you've got a pretty awesome mind for that and background for that, where you understand, oh, this is a really good business opportunity, that sort of thing. But it all stemmed from the idea of, I need to solve a problem. I need to find yeah. a way to get up here. Yeah. And how important is it to, in your mind, from Carl Poole's perspective, how important is it to go from, you know, I've got a problem. I just need to shift right to solution mode.
1: Um. Sorry, can you can you repeat that question? I stumped you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. It's a big question. Like yeah. like
0: at the end, at the end of the day, um, some folks when they focus on the problem so much,
1: yeah,
0: that's where they get wrapped around. Yeah, it's kind of like the the losers focus on winners thing a little bit, right, right? Right. Whereas at the end of the day, it's like okay, well, no, what's the solution? How do we find the solution? That's something right. that you attract to immediately. You're one of right. those guys where you had to think about it for a second. Here, yeah. I think honestly the reason that you had to think about it is I don't think you spend hardly any time focusing on the problem. No, no. I
1: think uh, your instinct is to go to the solution. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't, you know, I understand the reasoning for borders being shut down and travel being shut down and all sure. that, but I wasn't going to let that be a problem. Uh, for me, I was determined not to let it be a problem. Uh, um, and not because I was trying to, you know, sneak into the country or anything. Not like at that. all it's because I do want to live here. Yeah. I, I like living in Kelowna. I like living in the Okanagan. Uh, I would love to buy property here someday. Uh, that, that'd be great. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as great as Denver is and I still have family there. Oh yeah. Um, there's not a lot for me there anymore. Um, so I, well, I shouldn't say there's not a lot my mom's there and my brother and his wife and uh, their son is there, But but your purpose is taking you down a different path. This is where I, this is where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I had been I had been playing with the idea of applying for permanent residency, well before the pandemic ever hit. Right. But that's that's where you kind of see one of the silver linings of the pandemic. As terrible as it's been, it forced me to figure out the solution. Like you said, like go straight to how am I going to get how am I going to get back? How am I going to figure out the solution? And how am I going to fix this problem so that it never happens again? Yes. So. I'd been thinking about it for probably five years before that, but it took me that amount of time and the pandemic to really decide, okay, this is where I want to be. Yes. This is where I want to le- live yeah. at, at mm-hmm. least for, you know, the next 10 years of my life yeah. and maybe longer. I mean, you, you never know. It could settle down, have kids at some point. And then, as you said, then, your purpose I'm,
0: is yeah. always evolving. Yeah. You said that to I, me, exactly. you know, earlier, your purpose is always evolving, Yeah, but you're always aware looking for it yeah. and you want to be ready for it.
1: Well, and I, I don't turn it away ah it's like i and I, I really try not to like have you ever seen that movie yes man with jim carrey yes yeah so i don't i don't just say yes to everything absolutely uh, uh but i try not to say no to everything as well right so and you know it's it's good to approach uh new adventures and new opportunities that you might not have been comfortable with initially yeah um i think that's healthy i think it's good to challenge yourself like that so i try to as much as i can um and you know be open to meeting new people and doing new things yeah that sort of stuff Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna uh exploit our friendship
0: just a little bit here just to out you on something this is something that stretched your comfort zone yeah and by the way you're fucking awesome you're fantastic (laughs) at this and i just want to say thank you for that um i know that you like again we should have done it six weeks ago two months ago but you were wrapping your head around it and saying okay that i finally got a text from you saying okay i'm ready
1: (laughs) well yeah for sure for sure i mean you know, getting on a podcast, it, it is a little nerve wracking. Uh, I won't deny that. And I think anybody that's been on can can appreciate that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I I actually have been busy this summer. I, oh, haven't, I know. I haven't I know. been around. I know. I know. You, you are.
0: You're, we're all <laughs> yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and it's funny how busy people end up being friends with busy people and whatnot because yeah. we're all – we're all grinding, we're all going for it, we're all thinking about these things. And and I yeah. just, you know, I I I wanna sum up one of the things you said earlier and tie it to again, you didn't you you didn't just take uh the easy way into the country, right? Marry a girl. Let's just use that as the example, right? That's the yeah. easy, oh marry a girl. Yeah, just boom, then you're in. Just like that. It's just like we wanna win the right way. Yeah. I want to do it the right way. Yep. And the right way turns out it's going to end up being profitable, putting some shekels in your, in your pocket. It helps a father and a son develop a business and, and accomplish a lifelong dream, which by the way, this is where if Carl's going to sell himself short, this is where he sells himself. This is a guy who likes to help people achieve their dreams. And I mean, I got all sorts of different stories that we can talk about. That maybe a, another day we will talk about that. Uh, Batman, uh, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about some of these things um, a little um, bit. But but at the end of the day, I just appreciate you opening up a little bit and talking about this because there are guys out there who aren't aware. Right, they're not even looking for the person. Never mind the determination. I love that word, determination, to make your purpose. Happen, right. And to not just let it fall into the background, right and to not just ignore it right. and And I just appreciate how proactive you are with that. You're a phenomenal example with that. and um our our time is, like I said, it's slippery when we do this, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm really grateful, though and I mean, I talk about how excited I am when I do these things, I'm really grateful that I get a dynamic and a relationship with you outside of just having Carl sit down and do an interview with me. I'm so grateful you're in my life. Um, Yeah. The feeling
1: is mutual. Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) hundred percent. It's meant to
0: be, it was meant to be that, 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 that our paths crossed. And, uh, I'm excited for the things that we're going to do together in the future. For sure. But um, I'm excited for where we're at and uh, I'm fucking excited for Yellowstone. It's oh, yeah, like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> John Dutton's the man.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Costner is the man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and one day we'll have on this podcast. We're gonna, that's, that, that's.
0: I love that you're a big thinker and that's the last thing I'll say about you. Yeah. I love how big you think. Uh, that was one of your first, uh, when you saw he changed it and what we're doing, you're like, Hey, when we're getting Costner on the podcast, yeah, that was yeah. one of the first, I love that you think that way. Yeah. Cause I think we're similar. Yeah. Um, Carl, with, with all of my heart, all of our team's heart, thank you for who you are. Thank you for uh, hooking us up with the people that you have for, for, for podcasts and beyond. And I just, um, we're really grateful to have you around and thank you for being vulnerable today
1: to open up. Thank you some for having pretty me personal things. Thank you and, for having me. Yeah, yeah, man, more, this is more, to, more to come in the future. Fucking right. Yeah. Fucking right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, that's how fast they go. Thank you so much for viewing, listening to, sharing, subscribing to HeCast. It is such an awesome, awesome thing that we're doing here. Uh, we feel it. Uh, we're hearing responses from people. We know that we're on the right path. And like I say, every week we are just getting started. If you haven't downloaded he Changed It yet, what the heck are you waiting for? Go grab it, throw it on your device, sign up. Check out some of the resources that are coming. There's some really neat things that are in the pipe. And um, yeah, that's another episode of HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. Go change something.